Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. Attention, Meltcasters! Mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3. And that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. everyone for joining us for yet another episode of Meltcast 3.0. My name is Derek Vandermillen. I'm Aristotle. And joining us today in the Meltcast studio in the upper lofts of Meltdown Comics on 7522 West Sunset Boulevard. Today we have Mr. Austin James. Hey, that's me. (laughs) So, you are here because Mr. Aristotle is a wizard at just sort of getting guests onto the show. And uh, we, we... I don't know about that. We, we, you are. It's Mr. You are. Wizard. Mr. Yeah. Wizard Aristotle. Um, so we had um, plugged you on our previous show, uh, basically talking about a Kickstarter. I overheard you talking to Justin Sewell of XSN, mm-hmm. working out some details because there's still remaining time on your Kickstarter, correct? Yeah, there's uh, seven days. Seven yeah. days, so we're in the last crunch time stretch. Yeah. Give me your that. money. <laughs> um, so how are we? On, how are we on track? Where are we at in terms uh, of numbers? Uh, as of last time I checked, I think it's about like five or six hundred dollars away. That's pretty close. I yeah. I checked like a few minutes before this recording, uh, and it was uh, I think four hundred or less away. Nice. Oh, From good. a goal that hey. what is set at what? Uh, five thousand. Yeah. Five thousand. Right. Okay. Five thousand is to to print the book. The work's done, basically. Uh, and then I um, it's five thousand to get books printed. So you know. Yeah. Not, and that's pretty much all gonna go to fucking printing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this the, it's funny because this is like a I feel like we're at like a business. This is a very like brass like tax like opening cold opening to the episode <laughs> there's there's no icebreakers right now yeah. we're just talking no about numbers straight away um so is this the very first time that you've ever tried something on kickstarter it is yeah, it is yeah. okay and you're very close to your goal yeah i, I am mm. yeah it's rough going in cold uh and the book i mean i've been updating the comic online since yeah. september last year yeah uh and i don't no, if I have like a huge following, so it's yeah. like pretty rough. So I'm pretty much branching out, trying to get anybody to see it that I can, because mm-hmm. it's just been me doing the work on the comic, kind of in silence. So. And do you <laughs> feel like it's been a relatively easy process, learning like a bit of a learning curve, or uh, did what, you the, or for the, the, the Kickstarter? Yeah, or? for the kick, Kickstarter and book. I guess it is kind of. I've heard people say that like you don't realize it, but you start, and then it's a full time job. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah the Kickstarter is a full time job. I have a full time job, and I also do the comic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so and the Kickstarter is a job in itself, and I've kind of planned for it, but and uh, as much as I could, but it's even more work than I presumed. And it's I have experience with um like like whoring myself through social media because right. I do um you know I've done lots of I do freelance for a living, and I have to often like share stuff and press it around and uh so i'm a little seasoned but not but yeah. this is a little different plus it's a very personal thing to me so it feels like even more pressure you know? yeah so. and this was this something that started with the intention of you wanting to get it developed or was it like a series of vignettes that you streamed into a larger narrative was the intention always to get it published uh, well no it started i was just i was doing a bunch of short comics mm-hmm. um just 
whatever. And then th- this actually started as a short comic. It was just like a weird gag based on adapting like weird um, modern children's TV shows into yeah. like um, like a real story. But then it actually, I got I found an idea within that dumb mm-hmm. idea. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's something here. And I, I actually I worked on it for about 22 pages, and then I, I scrapped that, started over because I kind of, like, read, I, you know, I had a different picture going, and, uh, and and so now I'm here. For those 22 pages, though, was this, like, you, like, penciled it all and had 22 pages? or like No, it was there. It, inked, was, it colored. was color everything, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My shit's not a quick process <laughs> and look that's one of the things is it it has not like a stucco level of like hyper detail but it was very very detailed yeah, um, very colorful yeah. it was I think what's really cool about comics in a digital age is is what we're doing in terms of of colors um, the 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 line work a lot of times is, is cool but it's just the just reading on a you seeing it in print, it still looks really great too. Reading online as well, it's just your work was very colorful. I think it helped uh, with the the world. So talk to us about the tone of Hollow Mountain. Uh, the t- well, yeah, well, in well, first in regard to colors, uh, yeah, is that's I, don't know, I think a big part. Of, well, growing up, I always worked just in ink, and then at some point, I attached myself to color, and mm-hmm. I've always had response from people about having a very distinctive palette. Yeah, that I think helps my stuff be recognizable not really intentional but um but yeah i like uh having a few i like it's always pretty vibrant i think uh there's it's a it's a pretty approachable almost all ages story yeah um and it's mostly light with a lot of like murkiness below the surface yeah kind of and uh but i but i like that i I like the world being bright and like that and it just feeling like a different place Mm -hmm. you know yeah a lot of times like the environment is like six degrees from reality, so it's like you, there'll be things you recognize, but yeah, a little different, and that's a little brighter, and that's you know, and the sun doesn't really work the same way, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yeah. so, so when you were when you were starting out with this book, um, because or when 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 you'll read it, because it's online, it's available online right now. It is, yeah. Um, so it can be previewed uh, what, at the site. Yeah, if you go to, um, it's been updated online at InsideHollowMountain.com. Um, InsideHollowMountain.com That's <laughs> where you can read it. And it's pretty much up to date. Um, since the Kickstarter's been going, yeah. I've been updating like little odd nuggets that aren't pages. And then sure. I'm like planning a release like, toward the end of having a few pages in like, a clump like for the tail end of it, hopefully. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it- but, it, when you started out, did you feel like it was you wanted to establish the lore? Because it feels fleshed out as a mm-hmm. world, um, and it feels like there's different uh, breeds, different races of of, of different mm-hmm. creatures. Did you did you have the did the first thing come to you as a concept of the lore and the the characters or the planet or the plot? Uh, yeah, well, it started as very. It was kind of like a and like an airtight garage or like uh, a happy clown hunt kind of thing at yeah. first where I was just going page by page mm-hmm. and developing it uh, which was a huge reason why I started over because mm-hmm. I figured out the world and I understood the characters more like it didn't line up with their intentions like how they would talk or whatever you know because yeah. it was just kind of a fun experiment at first um, and then and the world got built up now it's like nauseating because the world's very dense and there's a lot of yeah. like just unreasonable things I've thought about (laughs) but it's kind of exciting at this point because I can basically think of any one thing that exists in the world and figure out how it fits into it very easily because there's all these reactions to any thought that gets put into it Um, but yeah uh, it's and then uh, when you say there's all the diverse races and whatnot Mm -hmm. on it and that's a that's a big part of it that's been uh, hinted at in some paraphernalia of the comic but not necessarily directly Mm. Outside yeah. of one reference in the comic, there's a thing in this universe that's called um, interplanetary pollination. Right. Um, yeah. So it's uh, basically what happens at any it's a it's a <laughs> a natural disaster that sort of happens mm-hmm. that um like part chunks of the planet just lift up lift up at period at random points. Yeah. And, like just. It's your, it's it's like your own uh, your own spin on um panspermia, isn't that what it's called? Uh, that 
chunks of yes, the Earth. Or basically, yeah. like, when asteroids, like, land in, like, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that, but it's very more fantastic, like, literally a map. And that's land. how you open, <laughs> that's at least, uh, that's, like, a parallel that you open with correct is when we're show- we're seeing the the fetus and we're being told sure, by the mother character exactly yeah yeah that yeah. that is the launching point to the comic um chapter two as um the next this is chapter one that's getting printed in chapter two um spoilers it's like starts <laughs> with like kind of like a something very big involving the pollination and that's okay a big part um and that's it's huge that's hugely um everything's very reactionary to that um, because of how this affects the planet, because it's become this hugely densely populated, yeah, with mm-hmm. very different species, and they're all codes. I wouldn't say it's a perfect analog, but lo- like y- uh, reading Hollow Mountain was almost like a very, very, very enjoyable light version of uh, Prometheus. In a way, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I, it, it was almost like, oh, finally, I got out of Prometheus what I wanted oddly, I from can it. See that. Yeah, um, sure. But it, 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 it kind of themes. Though. Yes, and and the the cast of characters is maybe not as dumb as Prometheus <laughs> yeah. was, uh, but it was definitely the the if I had to think of the like kid version that I just enjoyed so much more, uh, that would be a very I feel close like that's, analog. I feel like that's where my thing came in, and that was Star Wars. In that, like you, mm-hmm. you watch Star Wars, and there's all these like creatures and monsters and yeah. aliens that are just like there in that world. Mm-hmm. And my the thing that always comes to mind for me is like, how how did you think of it? Where did that come from? <laughs> what? Yeah, well, like Star Wars is a huge. Inf- I mean, it almost sounds redundant to say it because I feel like it's touched everybody. You know, mm-hmm. obviously at this mm-hmm. point, but yeah, that was. Star Wars was a big reason why I'm even doing anything. Yeah, I feel, so, I, I feel like you almost managed to capture the cantina moments yeah. probably like eight different ways yeah, yeah, throughout yeah, the book. Uh, that One of them that I remember uh, was when they're at the train station and yes. you're just uh, – there's this splash <laughs> that um, was kind of – was honestly kind of nice to be watching it on a device because I could zoom in and just sort of Man, experience the whole of – of what you put into it, which was was detailed, and I always appreciate when there's no corners cut on giant splashes that have a number of characters sure. in it, because that's just such a wealth of characterization, even in the non-speaking characters. Um, and the, the the thing I like appreciated as a writer was that you um, took a moment to just sort of get all of the different um, languages mm-hmm. in that same splash. Yeah, that's a big part of language is a huge you wa- you walk in and out of of English and Spanish and made up tongue mm-hmm. and just character symbols um and there's Japanese and French and yeah just too, randomly like, peppered in there mm-hmm. um which how fluent are you in other languages I'm not very because okay, I was like, gonna say yeah, I'll be like super a, impressed if he can speak all of these yeah just like a hair of Spanish and French and yeah. it's like it's pretty embarrassing though but I've, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful I that I have um some friends that are fluent you know and, yeah and, multilingual and uh and they've been very supportive in giving me but that's yeah but that's a, that was a thing i oh well, i think it's fun like say an example star wars mm-hmm. you go in and you know most people are speaking english and then there's all these made-up tongues yeah mm-hmm. but if you're like already accepting english in that world i like the idea of taking other real languages and then yeah. immersing that within fictional languages yeah. so there's probably like Three or four languages out that aren't real that I've introduced, which and they then... they finally did in uh, Force Awakens with um, just oh. for the briefest second in the Where Millennium like, Falcon. You can understand him? Um, well, with um, with the um, the two guys from was it the raid? Oh raid two, yeah, 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 the two clans. Oh, okay, they, There's yeah. a Club. I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna get it completely wrong. What in the Guavian Death Gang? Yeah, and they their makeup was what. Oh, I have no idea. They're Korean. Uh, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was Korean, and uh, I was not as brave Hopefully, as you I to take I a stab. <laughs> yeah, you now. basically like, you did. did. <laughs> I, I led you to it. I, I thought I thought they were Korean, um, but yeah, that was the first example we had in the Star Wars universe of that, which is pretty cool. I bet we get maybe another little something in so Rogue One. That's funny. I didn't know that. One. I was in my head. I was like, was that Korean? Was that like, yeah, like, yeah, because I, yeah. I was. I, I couldn't <laughs> tell if that was a made up language. Or not. No, I'm. Yeah, I, I guess I. I, I don't speak. I don't speak, speak it, yeah, so yeah, I don't right, know. Yeah. But I have to assume that'd be really weird if they had the opportunity to um, have somebody speak Korean, and then they're like, "No, you know what? Let's just give them and and a made up alien language, mm, even though every other that. human sort of speaks 
English or it was a good opportunity if they seized it. Basically, basically I walked into a corner where I could either get like incinerated for being wrong or people are like, yeah, that was a really cool moment. (laughs) So we'll we'll just move on from that. But um, so what what has been the biggest payoff of just this process? For you personally, are you? Yeah, are you still like holding your breath for the finish line of of getting it done, or have you already found very rewarding Uh, things along the way? No, I I mean I've been like uh, living a life unsuccessfully in comics for a long time, and this is the first time (laughs) where I'm like in a story and I'm excited and I know the end point, but I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm trying to get there. I'm enjoying it so much, and I'm enjoying writing. I'm enjoying drawing it. It's exciting. It's like what I think about in between, like thoughts that I have to have. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I'm like, oh, this is what. What's the process like though, from like writing it to the fine to like that that one page? Uh, how long does that take you? Because these are again, yeah, gorgeous pages. Thanks. Yeah. Well, the the writing itself is like hard to say because it's pretty much all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's always writing, and then uh, and usually I know. Um, uh, okay, say an example, if I was going into a new page now, what it, what it would be is like, okay, I know what the next page of the comic is going to be, and then I, but at the page, I'm thinking about the exact layout, and also usually the dialogue is then actually, I know what they're going to say at that point, but I have to make the words that they're going to say, you know, the actual words, and figure that out. And then uh, I, it's penciled it's drawn on like uh, on watercolor board like 12 by 18 watercolor board and then uh i ink it and then i ink wash uh and then i do digital colors over the ink wash um so it kind of has the uh an aesthetic where it looks a little um still feels traditional it doesn't like Mm -hmm. it because i don't think there's anything wrong with digital um artwork and i obviously employ it but uh but yeah, I just really like the feeling that of that uh, that gives, and I was thinking about even water. I mean, I watercolor some things for the book, mm-hmm. like the, and I was thinking about maybe switching over and just doing watercolor for. I don't know what. Well, Magnola's making the uh, change. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he's doing just like art pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It seems to be a bit of a general consensus. I feel like in just the people that we've talked to in our shop that a hybrid of doing like sketch and going as and far as you want um there and then applying colors in digital seems to be a pretty yeah. pretty popular thing i like and, that and, feel of like the human hand when you say it doesn't feel like so sterile you yeah. know yeah and i like mistakes like i like when i can see even the scratches in the board or just like some pencil lines things like that it looks like yeah. someone made it yeah right? you know you can like picture the person like fuck at their desk <laughs> yeah. doing it you know yeah. I, I like that feeling so uh real quick ahead. yeah we did get a question Ooh. from a mr chuck kerr oh and he wants to know your thoughts on robocop uh, <laughs> robocop's probably my favorite movie ever made yeah <laughs> yeah nice. uh original and reboot or a reboot no the or... reboot i hate the original uh, i'm just yeah <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the original cool. <laughs> um did you like all of the installments of the uh, original i like um most of RoboCop 2 a lot, other mm-hmm. than the weird subplot where he was like, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> like, you know, and then he gets like beat up by like a <laughs> little league team. You know? <laughs> but the other than that, like Kane's awesome. I love he's like the coolest villain. And, yeah. Uh, three was pretty much awful. I still don't know how I feel about the remake, like, because I like a lot of aspects of it, but I, it was I still haven't seen it yet. Kind of like really flawed, but it's like it's interesting to see. Like I don't feel like I'm like fuck you, man. Come on. (laughs) I'm like all right. There's cool ideas, and it goes in a completely different direction. Yeah, you know. So I respect that. You know. Now, did you um, were you ever a fan of Dread? Because in my mind, those are kind of yeah similar and of the era. Yeah, I love Dread. Well, funny going back to the raid. um, It was funny because I was a huge fan of Raid. And then seeing Dread right after, I felt like such deja vu. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, that so makes it, sense. it kind of I enjoyed it a little less than I was hoping to. Yeah, but I, I still thought it was pretty well, awesome. But only because the raid existed. I still haven't seen the raid, which I'm extreme. Like I, I want to. Yeah, I just don't know where. 
Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not like an online theft kind of person. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that's the only route about now. Yeah, uh, there's there's certain properties I have no qualms about. Yeah. The raid is kind of one of those ones I haven't like, like off Amazon. Yeah, I haven't delved yeah, into. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like. I want to see the raid so I can get to raid two because yeah. everyone's freaking tits, some fucking tits, freaking man. out that's, about that. But that's also like that's I guess probably why I fucking love Dread. Yeah, that movie was great. So to uh, to my unrated mind, I really love unrated. <laughs> I, I guess we haven't gotten the full extent of what your influences are, what in in uh, pop culture has sort of had an influence over your aesthetic. But it sounds like the Hollow Mountain felt there was such a purity mm-hmm. to it. Um, there so. was there was also there was some edge and there was definitely like a like a you know under underdog quality to it um, as well um, as just like a like almost a Goonies like this is our ragtag group sure. you know what I mean so what what is it is there a a piece of you that you wanted to put into the story was it just more about getting a form out and flushing a world out not necessarily so close to the chest what was I guess what is it? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, well, I. Um, well, I've, I've. Funny. I mean, I mostly I really liked what I re- what really took me was like I guess getting into I like world building and I yeah. like developing this like aesthetic and then finding the characters that exist in that world and how they respond to it. Uh, but I. But and oddly the like the tone of it and also it's because it's fairly innocent yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's at least in chapter one you're getting to know these these characters and they're they are pretty innocent but there's like you know there's all these kind of really terrible things that have happened mm-hmm. that and you you kind of feel it um, yeah but uh you know it's not quite there yet because i wanted it to be so simple and innocent so yeah. you get these characters then you find out you know where what those i like you want those moments to count obviously yeah you know, so, and there was um, plenty of those moments like i think in a weird i think part of what it is too is is there's time that you take in building suspense about a character not puking mm-hmm. as the as like a party that's searching for the uh the grossed <laughs> out party yeah. beneath them that could very well puke there was like almost suspense brought to it yeah. you know and that's such a um in an age where we're like no we need to show the grit we need to show the dark mm-hmm. and brooding like just the simple i don't want to puke i think like a a kid a teenager and an adult can all understand that it's it's funny maybe to see them puke it's like and it's like this like sort of like light territory but there's suspense brought to it so i thought that was like a a nice example of 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 suspense yet uh, like a like a that is the lighthearted nature of it. It's like, we can't or else we're going to be completely decapitated. And like, this is a book where we see blood yeah, and guts yeah. and gore and like deal um, with worm butt. Yeah. yeah. Take, and then yeah, if you take poop jokes and then actually try to make it to a real thing, like, yeah. it's like, no, okay, but yeah. yeah. Our only option is just going straight into this worm's butt, <laughs> right. um, which happens in the book. And, and going to the world building, there's the, the one page where it's the two bugs talking. Like that, I felt so bad for those bugs, but it also made me like want to. I want there to be a mini comic of just how all the other bugs in the world are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel that's something I like. Um, it's really tough because I like want to do these kind of like vignettes like a lot um, more than I do. It's I'm mean, there. I have to like hold back a little, but there will be lots more moments like that. Um, it's really tough to just be, like have some restraint and not do it all the time because it's a good way to kind of take a detour mm-hmm. from whatever I'm doing and have and just getting all that peripheral shit's like, yeah. fun, I think. Well, as a, that's what I like. I'll as be a very interested when I see this um get printed cuz I I I feel confident at least knowing the way in which so many different people's kickstarters have fared you're very close. Um so anyone that's listening and there'll still be time um, if we're not to that mark yet, uh, please donate because we're so very close. Um, I know that uh, I enjoyed this in reading it on like an electronic device, and I'm very interested to see it when it gets published. But I do think it, it, the, when I was reading it um, on my phone, there was the vignettes did read through, and it read in a way that I found it enjoyable, where in the same way that if I'm reading it in print, 
I like when attention is put to the page turn, mm-hmm. and there's a way in which I could yeah, still think that pitch, these, man. yeah, that these could <laughs> these could work very well with page turns. But there was a way in which it was like, oh, I have to load to the next page. Mm-hmm. There was there's there'd be these moments where it was a vignette. We have the moments where the bugs are talking to each other on a branch, and then um, and and then they're picked up eaten by one of the characters and the plot just keeps moving on Mm -hmm. so in a way the vignette nature of like i just made a page today and then that page goes up there's there's plenty of connective tissue and cohesiveness in the narrative but i i i enjoyed these moments where we got a tiny vignette and i thought it was appropriate at least for the device i was reading it on well i think that doing it as a webcomic has been a great um learning process mm-hmm. sort of because when you update like a page i think because usually i'm so um uh like when i when i've worked say from like a script from somebody yeah or and then i'm like every if someone writes a page usually to me it reads like it does i'm like this is like two or three pages <laughs> and yeah. like and i spread shit out a lot um but working as a webcomic i'm always trying to now it's like I mean, it's not intended, web's not, it's like, I, I don't put too much thought into it because I'm like, yeah. screw you, web. Like, it's just yeah. part of the process to get to print, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I want, but I like that feeling, like, it's it's like, oh, if you're only getting this page, it has to feel like a full moment. Yeah. I don't want to feel like you're just, like, you're missing something. Like, mm-hmm. so it, like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I blame that movie for a lot of things. You don't want to still be hungry. You want to feel like yeah. you got, like, a, uh, oh, okay, I got something. <laughs> What do you, what do you feel like you what gripes do you have with that? Oh, because we can it's, tangent. it's half a movie, and now all these other movies are, are half, mo- okay. half because okay. Of but if we would have just gotten one Deathly Hallows movie, I think it would have been. I mean, unless you want to like return one real big one, yeah. Unless yeah. you want to return the king, it if you want to return the king, it sure. I, I'm always I feel for like, that. Uh, I'm always for a three-hour movie. Return the King. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was one of the biggest criticisms was that it was too long. So I don't. I, I don't here's know. the thing: it's annoying the people that unnecessarily divide their last leg up yeah. and follow the model. But you know, everyone that's done that, Hunger Games. I'm looking at you, dead in the face. Um, Twilight. You're both of you are annoying. I thought I had, that was completely necessary for. Yeah, it's a little... I you don't know. know how I feel about it, because sometimes I really don't give a shit. It feels like I just... I have to shut off my brain, just be like, okay, it's like I got a piece... It's like an episode, yeah. you know? It's like a really expensive fucking episode yeah. or something. And if you or, just like, all right. Or at know? least move that line, like the... Which, the very from, end? No, no, from like... Right. I, I don't... Like what... They went right to the middle of the book. Maybe flip through a few more pages to get to, <laughs> to the beginning of the next movie instead of leaving where they did. Because, uh... I we I rewatched all the movies mm-hmm. my girlfriend before yeah. I went to the Harry Potter world. Yeah. And that's still like my least favorite because it's so Deathly Hallows Part One. Unless I'm remembering the one before it wrong. It's one of those two are like my least. But one of those is like a lot of waiting. And I get that it's like a lot of time to spend with uh Harry Potter and you feel the madness or whatever yeah. and the desperation. But uh, it's a little too long. <laughs> I, I still think uh, the fifth is my favorite because the book the book wasn't my favorite, but I walked out of the fifth Harry Potter film, Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. like, just thinking it was so well done. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where the director that's taken over the entire... Yeah, he did all the rest yeah. after that, right? Yeah, I don't know. Prisoner I still of, haven't um, seen any of those films. Uh, Azkaban was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. Quaron, and that's arguably like yeah. my second yeah. favorite. Cause yeah. he, Children of Men is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he did such a, a good job of um, of adapting uh, that one. Um, but yeah, what, what other... Do you have any questions for him? Because I've been throwing oh, um, all the questions at him. Oh, you got me in the Harry Potter mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the what are the plans for the book? Like, tell us about the details of the Kickstarter um, for its print form. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The well, the book will. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to admit it's a nice book. Like, I'm putting a lot of uh, there's a lot of extra money going into the actual quality of the paper and the printing yeah. itself. And hopefully, if I can get very fortunate, um, if I have enough. Uh, funding. I actually want to print a hardcover um, for this, you and should. everybody that's yeah. already bought the book is going to get a hardcover. You don't have to pay extra. 
That's um, cool. So you're getting like $15 hardcover. So, um, but yeah, I really am a fan of uh, like small like Euro style of like mm-hmm. installments, and I want four yeah. slim hardcovers. That's just what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'll have also extra stuff in the book. There's um there will be uh there's going to be a field guide. Um, a lot of this stuff isn't going to be available isn't available online. Won't be. Um, but there will be a field guide um to the land of Peroa, um mm-hmm. where the story takes place. And uh, so it'll be kind of um an encyclopedia to uh, uh plants, creatures, and things like that. That's Other good. things they've approached within that chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you just get a little bit. Uh, and then there's also some like process stuff. I'm rewatching Game of Thrones with my girlfriend uh, because she couldn't get into it. And oddly enough, she's English. I would have thought that because it employs <laughs> half of her her country and it talks about like usurping that she'd be interested. But I'm surprised how now looking back on it, I I I liked the theme. I think it's a very charging theme and like the theme music. But I was sort of like, do we need to see the entire map? Yeah. Like the, the first, the first, the first sort of pass I gave through the series, but now going back, I'm like, okay, no, no I, you're right. I do need to remember all of the lands that are are a part of this season. You just and need so, a moment to re- yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of like, yes, yes, I do. So it's so I can see how in world building, mm-hmm. it's just necessary at a certain point to see how sure. interconnected it all is. So that's very that's very cool. It's, it's, it's a, tough too. Sorry, um, it's called it's. Peora, right? Hmm? Pero. Pero. Okay, because yeah, that was another thing that I wasn't entirely sure how to pronounce it. I feel like it, I so. say it like three different ways sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Pero. It depends on how like my like my, how, my how awake you are. Yeah, it's like because I I just kind of just adapted to calling it Peoria. <laughs> yeah, which whatever, is in whatever, Illinois, whatever, and yeah, I know a couple however people you from feel Peoria. feel about it. But yeah, it's <laughs> there should be like a role in there too. <laughs> um, so you mentioned kind of briefly that you've worked with um, right before mm-hmm. and and doing art with them did you is there a freedom in sort of being like okay i'm the sole person that's deciding how this is written and how this is also drawn is there is there freedom in that or is there freedom in somebody's saying i need this all written and then you go okay i can work within this because i've made i've made films where i i am very passionate about the the content but it's like frustrating for me when I'm trying to make something that I'm passionate about. Whereas I'm a little less passionate about somebody else's project that they wrote. Um, still give a shit, but it's just so freeing to be like, this isn't close to my chest. So I can just approach it very like, how do we do this? How do we maximize the shot and things like that? Sure. So where do you fall in that? Yeah, it's different. They're, I think they're very unique experiences um, either way. I mean, I'm collaborating and also is greatly dependent on the you know your collaborator sure um but yeah it's kind of fun because you get to be you have these two perspectives you know and you get like it's i'm trapped in my head like with my own personal stuff yeah trapped in my world and i'm just like and sometimes like a breakdown i'm like i have no idea if this is complete shit or not you know it's like the whole time like i don't no one's telling me like i'm in some like (laughs) just in the matrix reference (laughs) just like yeah it's great it's like i'm making just complete garbage and i don't know about it yeah um But uh, but yeah, so uh, that that's a whole thing, like being tra- and the, but it's nice having that control, and I know I can do whatever the shit I was. Sometimes I like that weird like God feeling, where I'm like man, I can just get real fucking weird right now if yeah. I wanted. <laughs> you know, I can do whatever I want, whatever I would like to see in the story. Mm. You know, um, but you know, when you're collaborating, you always have another person that puts keeps you on earth. You know, and you yeah. and you get to see their perspective, and you know, share your own and. And it's also taxing sometimes, too, because you're trying to find your middle ground if you have, like, different aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, when I've collaborated, I don't like an experience where I'm just straight, basically drawing, you know, whatever's on paper without, like, having a dialogue. I like having a dialogue with it, you know? So yeah. It's like, we can be like, oh, what do you want out of this? And here's an idea. And, like, why don't, you know? And I I think that's how the best collaborations work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's also, like, you s- how long have you been working in comics? Like, what is your history with comics? Uh, I don't know. Just, I mean, I've been drawing comics since I can remember, and I mm. just never. I made like really dumb shit when I was a little kid. You know, I think you know a lot of people have. I, I, I made Turtle Man. Yeah, <laughs> Turtle Man. 
Um, but yeah, oddly, I never did a, like a lot of fan art and stuff like that. I always made weird original characters, and for a while when I was a kid, I just like wasn't making comics, and I was doing like drawings of characters, and I'd like build a history around them, yeah. and I like, have notes on it, but never got around to a comic. And middle school, I drew a comic of a friend's idea, but I've been just doing weird shorts and stuff for myself mostly for a while, just trying to figure my ass out before I put anything out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time writing a comic a couple of years ago that may never <laughs> get made, but there's that. It's a hard sci-fi comic. Um, yeah, and I'm just doing shorts. Usually what I what I have done in the past is like pretty crude for the most part, and so it's kind of oh, odd well. that I found my way to what Hollow Mountain is. <laughs> yeah. It was just how the idea and story that, worked out, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's no what, dicks. That's what I was, I was going to say. In, in sort of meeting you, it, it felt like... Um, it felt like you're very... You were very quick to sort of talk about things of, like, our our age and our sort of, like, topic, and then when I read Hollow Mountain, I was like, oh, man, this is so... This just has such a youthful spirit. Not to say that you're, yeah. like, an old guy, because uh, <laughs> you're probably younger than me, um, but it, it just... It felt it felt so so innocent, and you just you seem like immediately chill and and sort of grounded. So I I think that I was just fascinated to be like I don't know if if you were like disappearing into the world. Do you like view do you view creating a like a comic as a form of escapism? Like was that what it started out for you? Was uh, sort of I don't know. Or was it always like a business minded? Like you're like I want to see if I can make this into something that. No, I mean, I think that's the great part about it and what I enjoy about it is because it kind of, I didn't intend to do anything long format like this. I mean, yeah. that wasn't my plan. I didn't think it was smart to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I ended up like loving it so much and I felt like I was there that I felt like I needed to do it. Like yeah. it was part of me that needed to be there. It sounds completely fucking cheesy, but I mean, that, no, that's, but no. I had, you know, I was like, I need to do this because it's like, and I was enjoying it so much. I was yeah. enjoying writing it and. It was that kind of escapist thing. It's like what that's like my own therapy from like going, getting out of the mental men, mental monotony yeah. of just being alive. You know, it's sometimes yeah. just being like, oh, I can just sit in the shower and think about like things that are happening in my comic yeah. for a little while, and it's not. It's there's a catharsis because we've had because <laughs> I I'm super fascinated about because I I think it's some it's so engaging sometimes to hear artists talk about when they're like in the thick of of being creative and truly what that creative process is and we had Craig Thompson on here and uh he's also he's also done a number of talks here in in our store um and and actually your stuff reminds me of his most recent book Space Dumplings mm-hmm. um and he's he's talked about the, the very interesting sort of um you have to have the the I'm like butchering the analogy he made, but it was about the Greek gods. It's basically talking about being the the um, the god that forges everyone's weapons. The um, who's just in his mountain making all the weapons mm-hmm. for the gods. But you also have the spirit of of Hermes, where you're like flying about the world and and experiencing and things like that. So it's nice it's nice to hear you saying that you were excited about the work because sometimes we do talk to creators and they're like it's just so grueling and i <laughs> it and is I, too yeah yeah i mean. I, I like i like hearing that side of like i'm excited to to make art mm. uh, especially yeah, it's when it still work though i mean you're just like, yeah fuck man if i could just do this faster yeah <laughs> so do you set page quotas for yourself or are you just like i'm just I what, i feel it out and then when it's just it's very clear when i'm done yeah well i have to update weekly and I try to get give myself a head start and like sometimes it pretty much depends it's really tough when you're doing it doing everything too because sometimes I, I have to and I get pissed at myself if mm. I don't feel like I'm say if I've done an, enough pages as I want but then I have to like ground myself and think okay but alright you did all this weird shit on this side because there's so many parts of the process you know like say with writing or whatever or like I'll stop and like plan something that's happening toward the end of the book and I'll be like okay because I have to think of obviously how that affects the beginning yeah. you know um, you know, and stuff with, there's so much of the process so I'm like sometimes I just have to make sure I'm like on path and I'm not and I, but I, I feel like I also have to keep making this shit like a shark and keep going you know yeah. <laughs> or because or, or, uh, you lose because I work better. I work faster um, when I'm 
consistently creating. Like if you I take a momentum. break ever, yeah. it's just like it's like fuck. It's, so you hit your groove and you're just like keep running, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Do you? And this is always something I'm I'm sort of asking whenever we get a chance for creators because I it's just like something you do forget that there's a whole other job that usually has to happen at the same time. So for you, I think a lot of people it, forget about that with comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, are you, is it a daytime job? And then at night you're like burning the candle at both ends late into the night. Or do you wake up like creating early and then go do your job? My mornings are fucking terrible. Yeah. Usually it's like, there's like a whole grease period of me just like becoming a human in the morning. <laughs> like I can't talk. People call me and I'm like, dude, yeah. I need at least an hour before I can actually have a conversation yeah. with someone. Um, but, but I do my, I do freelance. And I, I make my own schedule. Usually it's just working around my work. So I plug the comic wherever I can in between, yeah. you know? So if that means I'm working all day and then I have to stay up late doing it, or if I, decide I'm like working on the comic and then I cram all the freelance at the end, you know, and yeah. until like, however it works, it's just whenever the time's there. Yeah. You know? Um, but fortunately I have, I mean, that's It's, it's rough because it's all at home, all in the same spot and it's like a constant job. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm fortunate to have that schedule so I can do the comic all in between that, you know? Now when, when we, cause I am just so fascinated because I, um, I act, I'm in video production and I, I found myself like just seeking out the, what were they doing while they were coming up when they were acting and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so for your, when you're taking these like freelancing things, is there a, is there like a ground game? Like, do you have to go out and hit up businesses and say like, hey, are you looking for anything like that? Does the business come to you? Yeah. Now, um, what? I, I'm just so fascinated with the details of the other life. This like basically Gemini rising of I have to be a human, but I'm also an artist and like I'm almost a twin in a way of the two. So what's the like the working side of that? Uh, well, as of like the last few years, I haven't yeah. had to uh, outwardly look for work. Yeah, I'm usually approached, and uh, I do a lot of work through a pretty big chunk of my work is through. Um, I am 8-Bit, a local gallery. They do also a lot of work with various, mostly um, video games. We're going to okay. throw this plug in real quick. I saw them post uh, a record cover you did. Right, I yeah, like, I did the uh, uh, album art for um, Scientific uh, um, Score. Uh, the, they, they did a, they're releasing a vinyl, vinyl record for... Uh, <laughs> for, for, for the soundtrack, um, I did the album art. For, okay, yeah. very cool. That's is that a band that's been here? Did I say that? I don't know. It's a, <laughs> wait, is the is it the band? Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. our... Oxen Free is a game. It's a okay. cool. It's actually Skybound um, Kirkman's oh, company cool. um, is uh, they're part of the developers for the love Skybound. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a really okay. cool game too, and a great score. But I was privileged to do the art for it. Cool. So then, is that like a is that a completely different? Do they ask for an aesthetic that um, you're playing within a, a like a different form? So is it eight bit? Like, are they looking for that, or are they just like let you do your own style? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of my the stuff like the things that I'm actually making money off of like look very different from like say my comic. Yeah. Um, in this case, though, it was pretty cool. I mean, they I. It kind of gave me a vague idea of what they wanted, and yeah. then I drew it, and everyone, I, I'm, glad, I'm so glad everyone loved it yeah. right away. So, because I, I, so I pretty much got to do just exactly what I wanted. Yeah, and it looks very sort of Hollow Mountain-y, actually. That's cool. <laughs> That's very cool. A little murkier, murkier in the palette, I guess. Because I do think it's, because um, you know, art and uh, graphic design or any branch of those, it's always interesting to me when I hear somebody talk about. They're like, yeah, what I wanted to do was exactly what they were looking for. And then there's so many, yeah, so many other times (laughs) where somebody says they wanted what they were looking for. And I try to sort of find the way in which Mm -hmm. that was exactly my aesthetic. But then there's this like realistic side to being an artist too, a very realist of like, I know what they want and I really don't want to give it to them, but that's the paycheck so it's like a working sure. within a form you'll be but working you're... forever if you're just fighting to do the exact thing yeah. you want. you'll never get there so do, <laughs> do, have there been any like victories where you feel like yeah i kind of put my 
my twist on it, even though they were maybe looking for something a little more commercial and it pleased them. Yeah. Well, sometimes I have those. Um, also, I'm fortunate because my working experience, like say, an example with 8-Bit is like I'm very comfortable with them so yeah. I can have a dialogue so sometimes they say something and I'm like listen that's fucking dumb <laughs> I don't like it and like you know so I'll just kind of put a little bit you know go a couple inches their way yeah. try to because I'm not a complete dick but yeah. I also feel strongly about what I'm doing I'm doing yeah. it for a reason you know and it's like so if they're saying something like okay well how about I do a little bit of this so we're both happy you know yeah. and it's like you know you're paying me to do this so hopefully I know what I'm doing so yeah. Yeah, give me something but yeah but I mean you also have to please hear you know who's paying you yeah. <laughs> and like do do your job which is pleasing the client you know? so do you have any other um other projects that you want to you talked a little bit of a higher uh sci-fi concept yeah um, that's old like in the i don't know i have is, hollow mountains of things is there so <laughs> so since there's going to be multiple books the aim is to do multiple books do you foresee the next thing um uh, once you get, I'm gonna posit that into the universe. Once you get your goal, uh, would be working on a book two after we get the first imprint. Yeah, yeah, chapter, yeah, yeah chapter two is very much happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's lit. so, yeah, and that might. Uh, I'm hoping I don't get a little ape shit, and it's not too crazy long. But I, yeah. I feel like I mean, right now it's supposed to be um, should be just slightly longer than the first book. Uh, but um, but yeah, unless I just do something really dumb again. So so you're not a guy that like has the many fire like irons in the fire and in, t- in terms of I have this idea I want to get to it but I have to do this or are you, you like laser focused on I just want to see this through to completion. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I'm not taking any breaks. I mean, I have other things I have to do while I'm doing it. Yeah. But yeah, Hollow Mountain has to keep going and moving and I'm That's just cool. it's exciting. So I want to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, it, all the time. It definitely feels like a really just really solid first book, Thank first you. chapter. So I, I'm excited to see how it gets further fleshed out. Mm. Um, what are some of the, the rewards for, for the Kickstarter? Uh, the rewards, uh, there's the... Oh, shit, I'm going to screw this up. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you can you can be part of the Kickstarter for as cheap as $2 uh, while still getting something. You get a PDF... Uh, which the comic is available to read free online, but um, if you get the PDF from the Kickstarter, you get uh, the extra stuff that's in print that isn't going to be online. And there's also, um, the PDF goes out to everybody uh, who backs the Kickstarter, and that'll also have some uh, guest, like, backup comics and things that won't be in the book uh, and some other, like, uh, pinup type things and whatnot. Um, And then uh, you can have the book for as cheap as $15, um, you get cool. a book. I also designed this like postcard. It's like a actual postcard you can use. Um, Very that's cool. That's kind of just an artifact from the universe. If they had post- <laughs> if they had postcards in the yeah. universe, um, and then as it goes up, there's a higher. You can get uh, there's a a nice G clay print, a pinup that you can get with the book, uh, and there's stickers. There's a sticker pack that's a creature pack of stickers. Um, or sticker pack of creatures, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and as you go up, there's some like pricier ones too. Um, a chunk of them are taken, but there's like a commission spot and uh, some other pieces of original art. So a lot, a lot of yeah. things that can be earned. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's another thing that's fascinating to me is I it, you are an artist that's trying to make a book, and there's there's this culture now where. I will give you something if you give to me. That just sounds like a, and it's 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 like the standard now. So is is that like a weird, like unexpected, grueling part, or is that just part of the fun of like fleshing out, like uh, like thinking of it's almost like training you how to merchandise mm-hmm. a property. But it's it's so to me, it's almost like an oxymoron because you're you're trying to push one product and then the simultaneously, yeah, yeah, give give things like that. Yeah, I don't. I'm also like a weird uh, sucker for um, like weird merchandising and yeah. that. It's fun to me to yeah. think about that and figure out. I don't. You know, it's a. It's it's funny. It's less about trying to. I mean, obviously, there's the logic of oh, making extra money with this stuff because right. it's like the book's a lot of work, and if I can have anything that I could possibly sell <laughs> to get some sort of compensation, yeah. it would be great. But um, I just like making this shit and like thinking yeah. about how stickers work for this thing. You know, I mean, I grew up. I was you know, 
I just as just the nerd who bought all sorts of dumb weird shit, you know, yeah. and like tons of weird toys and any possible thing that was attached to whatever you know brand or franchise I like. Star Wars, you know? yeah, uh, like, Kenner reward, dumbest thing. shit you buy. I bought it, you know, like <laughs> and like, but I but it's fun. That's like part of my me now, you know. Yeah. it's like something I grew up. I don't quite go to the extent I used to, but it's fun thinking about that with my own story, mm. you know. It's like projecting that. Uh, you also said that there would be shirts. Yes, there will be. Um, actually, tomorrow, um, the Yeti, uh, that's Y-E-T-E-E, they print uh, a lot of uh, pop culture shirts and stuff and mm. also just started producing vinyl soundtracks and stuff. <laughs> but uh, th- they will be um, um, printing two shirts. Very cool. Nice. Where, how do you? Theyeti.com. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. How does Brian find Um Cool. So uh, before we end this segment, um, I think it's always very useful uh, to just get some insight. There's really no pressure. We've only kind of done it a couple times, but just oh, uh, to any <laughs> anybody that's listening that is thinking of going down a similar path of you as you and creating a creating a book or or making just their first steps towards like a big first project Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for them uh well if we're if we'll speak just in terms of comics sure uh just be prepared for a lot of work and you have to be committed and you want to be ready to go all in you know yeah because it's your life (laughs) when you get into doing a comic you know so it's um so you just have to feel committed and make sure you you have your gears turning and you know you maybe know what you're doing or you're at least like comfortable with yourself before mm-hmm. you make the commitment because some people get into it you know and it's like oh geez this is a lot of work you know yeah. and you'll just feel like you burned all this time and you'll just lose interest so i don't know just be prepared and feel comfortable where you're at know your story or what you're doing learn how to draw <laughs> yeah. I, like, no, you know. it sounds like the the marriage of of liking the process it's, it, that's the if i could recap do what sort of, you enjoy yeah, yeah. It's, if i can recap just sort of what it feels like it just feels like you really like doing this mm-hmm. um so, so, so do what you know right? yeah do what you love you know you rather than it being like i'm just so hyper focused on the daunting nature just mm-hmm. like how is the process as enjoyable yeah. as like finally seeing the product oh i guess also yeah the, also the absolute essential thing to think about when going into comics yeah. is don't think about ever getting any fucking money from it. <laughs> yeah. So just be like, I want to do this because I want this thing to exist and I want to do, yeah. you know, just you're gonna just want to enjoy making it or maybe not, but be really happy that you're doing this. I thing. saw uh, like three memes this week that were some subtextual like equivalent of you, there was no. one where it was like, you told me there'd be money in comics. Like, yeah, like a group of them. Um, and uh, I think, like, down in the store, there's a, a poster that's, I think it's an Arkham comic. It yeah. might be someone else. Yep. And it's like, you fucking lied to me. Yeah. You said there was all this money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, well, so don't go in thinking you're going to get an option or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, if I do this, then 20th Century Fox will buy it. Yeah. You know, it's a terrible way to get in there. Um, well, very cool. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, those of you listening at home and those of you watching live, thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.